Well, again, good morning. Uh, we are so delighted that you're able to tune in with us this morning online uh, for Memorial Day weekend and our Memorial Day weekend service. You know, last week we discovered that the untamed, unpredictable Jesus uh, kind of threw everybody for a loop or a curveball when he started telling stories. We know them as parables, but he would tell these stories uh, to do a couple things. One, to describe what the kingdom of God looked like. And also what we would look like if we were living our lives as the children of God that he wants us to be. But he also did it to distinguish between those who were really pursuing him as God in the flesh and those that were just looking for entertainment, looking for the show. Uh, kind of like what happens even today. Uh, some people want to just see the show of church, uh, but not really have true life transformation. So Jesus would start telling these stories. And so here we are this morning uh, on top of the parking garage, uh, the new one in Loveland. And behind me, our city, I'm sure is filled with many, many stories. Uh, but when I think about stories, the city that comes to my mind is Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas is known for a lot of different things. It has a reputation for a lot of things. It's known as Sin City. It's uh, kind of the playground for adults. Uh, but think about all the stories that could be told just from Las Vegas alone. Um, some of them are good stories. Some of them are funny stories. Uh, a funny story that I have is uh, for my dad's 60th birthday. Uh, my wife and I took my parents to Las Vegas for the week. And one of the first things that we wanted to do uh, was just uh, drive the strip. My wife at the time had a convertible. And so uh, we all got in the car, put the top down. And we started at the very south end of Las Vegas on the strip. And we pull up to one of the first intersections with MGM Grand on the right hand side, or it was Tropicana. I can't remember uh, which exact one it was, but it had one of the, the signs with all the fire and the water features. And my dad looks over at the sign and goes, Oh, wow, look at that. That's awesome. Looking at the sign. But just as he said that, um, one of those billboard trucks pulls up right beside our car uh, with a uh, billboard sign for one of the adult establishments in town. And so we all look over to see what my dad is talking about. And all that we see is her and my dad, my dad just get, turns this beet red color and he's like, no, no, not that, not that. It was behind that. There's a sign and it's got water and fire. And we have, we've been giving him a hard time about that for a long time. But there's more stories. There are stories of people hitting it big and becoming rich. There are stories about people who have lost everything that they own because of their addiction. Uh, there are stories that have ruined marriages because obviously the stories in Vegas don't stay in Vegas, do they? Uh, they obviously leave Vegas. Um, so there's the ruined marriages, but then there's the spontaneous marriages. Uh, did you know there's over 50 wedding chapels in Las Vegas alone? Over 100,000 marriages take place at just the chapels. This doesn't even include the churches. And so spontaneous marriages. But then there's the stories that God is doing. The stories that God is telling in this city. 
You know, Vince Anaducci, uh, who's a pastor out in Vegas, uh, tells stories of people that you and I would never think would ever uh, even listen to the words of God and the life transformation that has taken place because they've listened to his word and they've responded and eternity looks a little different uh, because of that. And so there's amazing stories that are being told. And maybe you have a story. Um, and it maybe it's not only Vegas, but it could be anywhere. We tell stories about our lives. In fact, when you go to a wedding and the wedding reception, that's a lot of what happens at funerals. We tell stories about that person uh, that we are going to miss at graduations and reunions. Stories about the past, which mean uh, the older you are, probably the more stories that you have to tell. But Jesus, what Jesus does is he follows up the story that we talked about last week uh, with sowing the seed with this story, the one that we find in Mark, Matthew, and also in Luke. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to actually follow it in Mark chapter 4. And so turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, we're going to put these on the screen. We're going to start in verse 21. It says this, Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine, and for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Everyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. Verse 25 says, To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. I love the visual imagery that we get with this story. And obviously for us that grew up in children's church, we have that song that comes into our head. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We're not going to hide it under a bushel. But... This story carried a lot of weight, especially in the first century. And it wasn't that they appreciated light more than we do. I think we just take it for granted. Uh, light was something that they really had to work for. We have to switch on uh, a switch to get it. I remember back in March of 1991, uh, growing up in north central Indiana, uh, I remember having an ice storm. It was one of the worst storms, ice storms that's ever come through the Midwest. And I remember because it, it knocked out uh, power all throughout our county. And all the trees, uh, a lot of them were damaged. It was incredibly beautiful because there was two to three inches of ice uh, that coated the world that we lived in. But the trees go down and the utility poles uh, snapped like twigs. Uh, the power was gone and they declared a state of emergency. And for two and a half weeks, we were out of power. And you know, something that you took for granted, once it's gone, you realize how valuable it was. And I remember my father, even though it was a state of emergency, him and I uh, snuck out of our county, drove to Indianapolis to get batteries so that we could watch March Madness. And Indiana was playing in the, in the tournament that year. But 
we did all of our cooking over a propane stove and our fireplace became kind of the hub of the house. But it gave me a small understanding of what it would have been like in Jesus' day where you really just took the warmth of the light and the glow uh, and you had it, there was something you never took for granted. And they would light their lamps and they would set them up high so that the light would spread and so that people could see. Which is how Jesus opens this parable. He says, would anyone light a lamp and hide it? He's basically saying, no one would do that. It makes no sense at all. Even today, we would never, ever do that. And so I looked around my house this week and noticed every one of the lights in our house is either in the ceiling, hanging from the ceiling, or it's on a table lifted up, whether it's a candle, uh, a light of some sort. In fact, the only light that I found in our entire house that was down low was my girl's night lights, which the whole idea of a night light is to keep it dark enough in the room so that you can sleep. Everything else is raised up so that it can light up the room. And Jesus is asking us to light up a dark world, to light up a dark world. And you can't do that by hiding your light. And I really believe that there's never been a time where we just need to be better at casting our light than in the world right now that we're in right now. And so let me ask you this. Ask yourself this question. How's it going for you? How are you doing at letting your light shine? Because everything we do as believers in Christ is either casting light or it's casting a shadow. In verse 22, he says this, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought into light. Everyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. See, the secrets happen in the dark. They are meant to stay there, but seldom do they ever stay in the dark, right? Somebody eventually will turn on the light and the secrets will be revealed. I remember when I was in college and uh, we had some guys studying in our room. Our dorm, we had a dorm suite and so we had one room where we put all the beds and there were four of us and then we had our bathroom and then the other room we kind of created a living room, a TV watching room, couches, and it was just a fun place to hang out. And I remember coming back to the room one night and there was about five or six guys that had been studying late for a test. Uh, I probably should have been one of them, but I was not and so I probably didn't score as well on the test as they did. Uh, but I remember coming in about one or two o'clock in the morning and I flipped on the lights and here's these guys, they've kind of passed out. They've fallen asleep on the floor and the couches. And when I turned on the light, I noticed cockroaches everywhere. I mean, it was the most disgusting. It gave me the willies. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, but it wasn't until I turned on the light that I realized, realized that we have a cockroach problem in our dorm. And so the next day, uh, one of my roommates and I, we went to the store and we declared war on the cockroaches. And so we sprayed uh, the entire perimeter. We put down the powder. We sprayed all the little holes in the, the shelf brackets. And when we did that, hundreds of cockroaches poured out and died right there. And uh, after this day, we never saw a cockroach again. But it wasn't until I turned on the light that I learned the secret that our walls 
uh, were infested with cockroaches. They were everywhere. And I think a lot of us right now, we kind of feel that way, uh, that we're being kind of kept in the dark with certain things, that there's secrets uh, that we just don't understand. We don't know who to listen to. We'll read on Facebook uh, from these people over here uh, one thing, and then we'll learn from these other people over here another thing. We have politicians blaming politicians. And for most of us, we don't know who to trust, and we don't know who to listen to, and we feel like there are all these secrets. And Jesus says that in time, Everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the light. Probably won't be today, and it probably won't be tomorrow, but eventually it will happen. And so what do we do until that happens? Who do we listen to? Well, let's go back to the physical light for just a second. Uh, for just a moment, let's head back to Vegas. Uh, because when I think of Vegas... I think about the lights at night. And if you've ever been in Vegas at nighttime, you notice that it is just one big light show. And so I've seen it from the plane flying overhead at night and how it just looks like a mass of lights. I've also experienced it when you're driving up the 15 freeway. And from miles and miles and miles away, you can see the lights of Vegas. And the closer you get, the brighter it gets. And then I did this <clears throat> one time. I was standing in the middle of the epicenter of, the, of Vegas, in the middle of the strip, and I looked around me, and this is the middle of the night. And what was fascinating was I could not see my shadow. It was hard to see a shadow. I was surrounded by the light. And that's what we wanna do. Now that's the physical light. Now think about the spiritual light. Here's what Jesus says in verse 24. He says, pay attention, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Jesus is saying, if you wanna know the truth, pay close attention to what you hear listen to my teaching. Listen to my teaching. This is mind-blowing, I think, for me, because oftentimes I'll listen to everything else in the world. I'll listen to anybody and everything except the one that I should be listening to the most, and that's Jesus. So instead, we get our information from social media and news outlets and internet sites, friends that come over and in just a few months they become experts in whatever it is that we're talking about. But when was the last time you truly listened to Jesus? Listened more than just for head knowledge, but you read his words in such a way that you ask yourself how you could allow it to transform your life, how you could live your life different and how you could allow his light to shine brighter through you. I love the way that Professor Mark Moore says it in his book, The Chronicle, Chronological Life of Christ. He says, consider carefully how you listen. Literally means watch how you listen. 
or keep your eyes on your ears. This is the crux of this passage. We get our light or produce, as is the previous parable, we're talking about the sowing of the seeds, from listening to the word of Jesus, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. Jesus' words shed light on our understanding of the kingdom of God. So you'll be listening with your eyes. And when you read God's word, listening to what Jesus is telling you, and it will transform your heart, and it will transform your mind. He says, you hear with your eyes. Luke 11, 30, or Luke 11 uh, 34 says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. But it gets better. And here's the spiritual gut check uh, for Christians. Verse 35 says this, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Did you catch that? Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. So when we place our life under the spiritual microscope and we put the light of God's word on it, does it line up? Does it match what God is asking us to do? Because if it does not, then the light that we think we're living in and producing is actually darkness. And so two things that God really just revealed to me through the scripture. And what I would encourage you to do is after today, read it again, see what God's going to tell you. Uh, but two things that came to my mind uh, when we talk about what our light really looks like. And the first one is this. Am I sharing the saving love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ? Am I sharing the love, grace, and truth of Jesus Christ uh, with those that are still living in darkness? You know, last week we hit on this, but I truly do believe that you cannot be a disciple of Christ unless you are making disciples. Let me say that again. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus and not be a disciple maker of Jesus. It's what followers of Christ are to do. It's what Jesus instructed us to do. And this should be the burden that drives us. It should be what motivates us in the morning we get up as Christians. It's like, who can I share the saving love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ? And I believe if you're filled with his message, when you're filled with his light, it's going to actually overflow from you. It's going to ooze out of you so much that you have to share it. You can't contain it. You have to share it because souls are at stake. Eternity is at stake. You know, in my lifetime, I will never forget uh, the words that Dr. David Reese, who's a professor down at Johnson University said. I remember being at a camp week uh, where he said this. He said, if you have the antidote for eternal life, it makes no sense not to share it with a dying world. You have the antidote. Are you going to hide it under a bowl? Are you going to hide it under your bed? Or are you going to share it with those in need? And if you're not really in that place where you think you can share the love of Christ, 
then I think we need to ask the question, is Christ, is Jesus really inside of you? Because if he is in you, then that's what's going to flow out of you. And you're going to want to share it with people around you. Well, that's the first one. The second one is this. And it's the way that we let our light shine by living a life that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Am I living a life that's displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, Paul addresses this in Galatians chapter 5. And starting in verse 22, he says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then he lists them. He says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. These are the things that God will produce in you. It's not the things that your sinful human nature is going to exhibit. In fact, if you want to know what those things are, just go up one paragraph and it lists all those things. That's the sinful nature. But Jesus is describing, God is describing the fruit of the Spirit, the things that only the Holy Spirit can produce inside of you. And so when we read this as a family the other day, uh, we read this a couple times. What produces, and the girls will see, the Holy Spirit produces this in us. And so we repeated that. The Holy Spirit produces these things. And so I think about the way I live my life. The things that I say, the things that I do, the things that I post, the attitude in which I do them. Or is that the human, sinful side of me? Or is it the Holy Spirit in me? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? And so I ask myself, does it contain the love of Christ? Is it filled with joy? Am I sharing the peace of God? Am I being patient? Is it kind? Is it good? Are we showing faithfulness in Christ? Are we being gentle in the way that we present things? And in everything, am I showing self control. The Apostle Paul continues by saying that those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, catch this, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Wouldn't it be amazing That the closer that you get to God, the brighter his light will shine through you. The closer that you get to the epicenter of your spirituality, Jesus Christ, the brighter his light will shine through you. And so what we need to do is we need to check our connection. We need to see if we're connected. We've all had that moment where we're screwing in that light bulb and it's not till the metal of the bulb at the bottom of the bulb is touching the metal inside whatever that, where that current is coming from and the light comes on. And so ask yourself, am I connected to the light source? Am I connected? Let me close with this thought. You know, 1 John 1 actually tells us that Jesus is the light and in him there is no darkness at all. Jesus, he himself, is the light. And so what he's doing is he's using us to be the vessel for his light. Almost like a flashlight or a candle, we're light bulbs that God is using 
to light up a dark world, and the goal should be to shine as bright as we possibly can. And if you're connected to the power source, you have it within you, you just have to be willing to turn it on and let it shine. And so let's do this. Let's let our lights shine brightly for all to see. And when we do, we will light up the dark. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to be the vessels in which you use to light up a dark world. And I pray that we will not be silent, we will not be dark, we will not cast shadows, but we will actually shine bright. And that we'll share your word, we'll share your love and grace and truth to the entire world that we live in. And that we'll live out the fruit of the Spirit so that when people see us, they see a reflection of you. Help us to do that. In this we ask your name. Amen.